Welcome to Wisconsin DNR's Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. Information straight from the source. Welcome to another episode of the DNR Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. So as a reminder for anyone listening, this gives us as DNR staff a really good opportunity to give you, the listener, kind of a behind the scenes look at some of the work done in the field and in the office uh, by DNR staff and a lot of our partners. We've got a really exciting episode today. I think this is going to be really interesting and exciting for a lot of people. Um, so today we've got Kevin Wallenfang with us, the DNR Deer and Elk Ecologist. I'm Sawyer Briel. I work for the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Division. And we also have two very special guests with us. So we have two of the four um, successful applicants for the first managed elk hunt in Wisconsin's history. So today we're going to give you an overview of all things elk, um, history, current reintroduction efforts, um, this year's hunt. Um, but I think the thing that's going to be most interesting to people is kind of getting to know uh, two of these guys, kind of how they're coming into the hunt, if they're excited, uh, how they found out about it, um, what chances they thought they had. Um, I know a lot of you, we had about 38,000 applicants. So um, without further ado, we will just get into it. So the first, first successful applicant that we have is Dan, and Dan's from the Green Bay area. So Dan, did you just want to do maybe a brief intro, kind of your experiences in the outdoors, um, history of hunting, kind of what this all means to you, how it all hits home? Oh, I started hunting as a kid, put my, with my dad, and other family members, small game, kind of got into the deer hunting. Uh, five years ago, got a chance to go to Colorado with a group of guys that had been going out for about 25 years. Um, took advantage of that. Um, so every chance I get that I can be in the woods, uh, I, I'm there. Uh, just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. We've also got Wayne uh, from Ken- the Kenosha area. Wayne, how about you? Kind of the same thing. Um, I started um, hunting small game, pheasants, uh, rabbit, deer hunted um, in the middle 70s. Um, and I just love the outdoors, like get, love going out in the woods. Um, if I happen to get a deer, that's just a that's just a positive, a plus. Um, I just thoroughly, really enjoy being out in the woods, enjoying the wildlife, because uh, you see more than deer out there. You know, you'd be in the woods, and I've seen mink and foxes and uh, several other different species. But I just love love going out, out in the outdoors. So, for anyone listening to, um, in the unfortunate circumstance that you didn't draw a tag this year, obviously we encourage you to. To keep applying in future years, but um, these two guys in particular, you should really feel good about who did draw tags. Um, in talking to these guys even before the podcast and what you just heard there, um, it's, it, you can tell it's important to them. They've grown up doing this stuff. Um, they're both obviously from different areas of the state, so maybe some different perspective there with hunting. But um, So that gives some brief, just a brief intro. Kevin, how about you? Do you want to just give a brief overview? 
Well, it, I'll tell you, one of the funnest things I maybe have ever done in my entire career was to make those foreign phone calls. So on June 11th, uh, we did the drawing. Um, there was a number of us in the room, and uh, it's a computer draw. Uh, as Sawyer said, we had over 38,000 uh, folks apply. Um, and uh, we hit the button on the computer, and it generated a, a random number for every one of those 38,000-plus people, and it kicked out those top four names for us. And then later on that day, um, I had the fun task of making phone calls to all four of them, and uh, it, was, it was funny because pretty much every one of them had the exact same reaction of, you got to be kidding me. And then things started generating in their head, and they started babbling a little bit more, and it was pretty darn fun to do. I know in talking to, to Wayne, he said uh, for the first couple of nights after I called him, he didn't sleep at all. Um, you know, Dan's got elk hunting experience, but uh, it, it, like you said, it's really fun uh, in that all four of the guys that I've talked to, they all just seem to really appreciate uh, what this hunt means to the state and the elk management. Um, it was it was one of the funnest things I think I've ever done in my entire career. So it's that's the one thing I like most about my job. Um, I talk to an awful lot of hunters, some of them happy, some of them not happy. Um, but to get that different perspective from the public and to be able to share stories and things like that, and I know these guys have a lot of great stories. But um, before we get to any of them, I just, for anybody out there listening, uh, those 34,000 plus folks or 38,000 plus that applied, uh, we really want to say thank you. Um, at $10 an application, uh, $7 of that money goes towards elk management and research in Wisconsin, and that's going to be very important for us as we continue to uh, expand the elk herd in, in Wisconsin. We've got two herds, one in Black River Falls and one in Clam Lake area. Uh, this hunt in particular is going to take place up in the Clam Lake area, of course, but um, you know, this is conservation driven by hunters, and uh, we're going to be able to expand that elk population. We are still bringing more elk in this uh, winter from Kentucky, and those animals, of course, are off limits to hunting at the moment. Um, but uh, they're all going to help us get up to that population goal of about 1,600 in the future. And at, uh, at some point, you know, we, we anticipate that this hunt is going to continue on an annual basis and continue to grow so five tags this year hopefully six seven eight tags next year and you know hopefully in the someday we're going to have over 100 tags out there available for this hunt so a growing a growing opportunity and it's thanks for uh thanks to those hunter conservationists out there yep and, and kevin mentioned the thirty-eight thousand applicants and that that money being earmarked for elk management one other thing to note, and that really says a lot about Wisconsin's hunters, is so there's an option to donate um, when you applied for the tag, and we actually ended up getting about $13,000 in donations right. um, out of 38,000 hunters. So if you do the math, um, if everyone was to donate the same amount, that means about one out of three people uh, who applied for this tag donated. So really special. Um, obviously, every dollar is going back into conservation. Um, so they're going to see benefits from it directly, um, whether they like to hunt or just spend time in the outdoors. So I thought that was important to note as well um, and just really says a lot about kind of the outdoors men and women um, in Wisconsin. So I thought we'd back up just a little bit quick to give a little more perspective. So Kevin, DNR deer and elk ecologist. So for the people listening who may not have any idea what that means, um, 
kind of what's a day in the life look like? Um, are there species other than elk that you manage? And, and kind of how does it all connect with, with you kind of orchestrating this, this elk hunting season? Well, um, we all know what deer management looks like in Wisconsin with uh, 800,000 hunters in the state. And, um, you know, I'm involved in pretty much every aspect of that at some level. Um, but when I was offered uh, the opportunity at this job about going on seven years ago now, um, my history before being the big game ecologist is that I worked for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation for several years and within big game management in Wisconsin. And elk have always been a love of mine. Um, since elk were reintroduced 23 years ago, I've been involved in that effort in some way. And so when I looked at the opportunity to do this job, I love the deer hunting, I love the deer management aspect of it, but the elk is what really got me excited um, because I wanted us to get to this point where we could bring more animals into the state, continue to grow that population, and someday offer this uh, this hunt to guys like Wayne and Dan. Um, you know, a lot of people are looking at this hunt as a validation of what we've been working on for 23 years. Um, you know, we've had a lot of people say it's never going to happen. We're never going to get there. They always find a negative reason for that. But we've kept chugging along. The population has continued to grow um, and waiting for this opportunity where, like I said, this kind of validates that whole effort to a lot of people um, that oh, hey, that population really is growing, and, um, and you know, we can finally offer it for a hunt. So my, my role in the elk uh, management program and elk reintroduction, um, you know, I coordinate pretty much all of the moving parts as far as the reintroduction itself goes right now with Kentucky. We'll be back down there again this winter. Um, you know, we, we joke that it's more, uh, more work on an annual basis than the invasion of D-Day. Um, and I think there's probably some truth to that. It took us four years to really get ready for this. But, um, you know, I, I guess I'd kind of like to, you know, that's my life in a nutshell, but I'd like to throw it back to, you know, Dan, I know that you've been, uh, you've elk hunted before. Um, I, you know, I know that you know a fair bit about the ins and outs of elk hunting and elk management. I know you're a member of uh, conservation groups that support elk management. What's what are your thoughts about this opportunity to finally have a hunt in the state? Well, I think you covered a little bit when you call me, and while I guess we'll back up one step. When I applied, my daughter actually came home and said, "Hey, you see that they're offering a chance to, to get a ticket, you know, to do a live elk hunt?" And I said, "Yeah, you know, you kind of." And we looked at it. And we said, "Well, it's our ten-dollar donation." to the state towards the elk, uh, raising them and, and what, getting elk them out there, yeah. introduction to them. So uh, actually getting a, a tag and then going from here forward, uh, very exciting. Um, I'm glad that all the efforts that the state has put into it has come full circle now. Um, I see that you know your, your rate every year is going up by what, 20% with calves coming into yeah, the herd? Yeah, not quite that. Um, average is about 5 to 15 or so on an okay. annual basis. But, yeah, the herd is growing. I mean, and knowing a little bit about genetics, uh, sometimes you got to take out some of the older genetics, uh, let the young bulls get their chance. So um, I, I think this is a, a big plus, and we raise a little bit of money for and, and awareness to it for you. 
Yeah, and you know, you bring that aspect of it up. I think one of the one of the biggest pluses for finally going ahead and having an elk hunt in Wisconsin is that it's made more people aware of that overall effort. Um, you know, a lot of folks you talk to up until now didn't even realize we had elk in the state, didn't realize the effort that's gone into bringing back uh, elk in Wisconsin. And, and historically, of course, elk were here. We have records of elk uh, in at least 50 of Wisconsin's 72 counties. So they are native here and they were gone by the 1880s. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's really taken uh, that to make people more aware of the situation. And, you know, from my side of it, we hear the negatives too. And, you know, you have folks out there that say, you're, you know, it's nothing but uh, wolf food and things like that. Um, you know, that's part of living in Wisconsin as well. But this hunt, it shows folks that uh, the population is growing. Um, you know, our long-term goals are achievable and we're going to keep pushing forward. And this is going to be a big help to, to helping us do that. I think the benefit of people becoming familiar um, with the elk reintroduction efforts to, through this and kind of the culmination ending in this first hunt is an important point too. So Wayne, I wanted to ask you, so prior to uh, putting in your application, how, what type of familiarity did you have with the elk program? Well, I knew a few years ago that the elk were introduced back into Wisconsin. And at first I was like, no, I was maybe one of the naysayers. Will it work? Will it not? Um, I was positive it would work. Uh, it's obvious that the department did make it work. Um, it's, it's like when I put in for my tag, um, it was $10, the application. And yeah, there was people out there, you know, you might as well throw the $10 on the ground. You're just, it ain't going for nothing. I'm like, but my, my positive was it's going, it's going for something positive. It's going to the Elk Foundation. It's going for the research, you know, the funds needed to sustain the herd. Um, and um, it's, it's a, it's a, great system and it's it's obvious it has worked I boy, I tell you one thing I've, I've looked more on my wet my phone and researched the clam lake area and looked at these elk and I'm like holy moly <laughs> there's some big animals out there and I am just absolutely besides myself that I am gonna have the opportunity to hunt an animal um, hopefully harvest one um, and that's that's if I get a, if I get an elk, that's a positive. That's a that's a that's a bonus. Mm -hmm. Just but to be out in the woods with these majestic animals, um, it's going to be a just a lifetime experience. I've never hunted elk in my life. I always hunted white-tailed deer, um, and uh, I I have I have the opportunity to possible bag one of the biggest animals in the state of Wisconsin this mm -hmm. year, and I. I've lost a lot of sleep over it. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, the first two nights after Kevin called me, I, um, I didn't get much sleep. Um, I didn't really um, put it out there too much. Just a couple close family members uh, that I did draw this and um, just uh, reading the things on the DNR website um, uh, about the elk and uh, the four lucky winners, myself and the gentleman next to me, Dan. Um, I'm, I'm just so excited that I'm gonna be part of that hunt this year. Dan, how about you? I know, I know we're going to touch a little bit more on maybe your elk hunting experience and familiarity with that type of hunting, but um, did you know about the elk reintroduction program prior to, to putting in your application? I know you are a Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation member. Um, has that spanned kind of back a number of years, or is this more of a recent? No, I think when I first got uh, a chance to go to Colorado five years ago, 
I joined her just uh, the guys that took me out there told me right from the beginning that just a trip alone was worth the money for the ticket and if we got an elk it was a bonus well at that time I was all excited about shooting an elk and on the way home I, I did not shoot an elk uh, one of my friends got one that was hunting with me but I agreed with the with the guys that I was with that had been out there for 20 some years that just the scenery and being out there and doing it all and the excitement and we I did see elk uh, just didn't, wasn't able to shoot one um, was enough was worth the ticket uh, the Clam Lake group I knew that they had reintroduced them up there have traveled the area a couple times usually once or twice a summer um, we'd go through the area and ride around and hopefully get a glimpse of one or something uh, I've seen pictures of uh, some of the bulls that people have taken during the rut and it's like wow how exciting <laughs> and I, I can't wait to get up there and do some scouting and especially during the rut and everything else to be able to hear them bugling. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like both of you had at least some familiar, familiarity with, uh, with the program. Obviously, like Wayne had mentioned now, that familiarity is increasing as you're getting excited. Uh, you're probably digging more into to some of the things that happen. But uh, Kevin, to backtrack a little bit, do you want to give just maybe the 30,000 level, 30,000 foot level view of elk in Wisconsin kind of from history to recent efforts to where we're at now just to give kind of people perspective on how we got to the point of, of having a hunt. Yeah, um, as I said earlier, you know, elk were gone from Wisconsin by the 1880s uh, due to unregulated hunting in European settlement. And there was an attempt in the early 1900s to uh, bring more elk into Wisconsin and those, you know, did not work. Uh, but luckily, about the same time when that effort was happening, other states in the eastern part of the country did reintroduce elk, and Michigan was one of those. And um, believe it or not, you know, Michigan has over a thousand elk, or about a thousand elk or so in the state, um, and they've had hunting seasons for 20 plus years. Their uh, total elk population started with seven animals. And um, so. We got our elk uh, gifted to Wisconsin from Michigan in 1995 as an experiment being conducted by the University of Wisconsin at Stevens Point um, just to see if elk would survive in the state. So Wisconsin's reintroduction effort really started out not as a legitimate or a, you know, a full-blown reintroduction. It was an experiment just to see if these things would survive out there. And over time, the population continued to grow. And in 2000, the Wisconsin DNR was given the responsibility of, of uh, taking over management responsibilities there. Um, and then, you know, population continued to grow, and there was always a desire to bring more elk into the state. Um, and they were fairly close to doing that at one point. But then, of course, in 2002, we got chronic wasting disease in Wisconsin, and that pretty much shut off any opportunity uh, to bring more animals in. Um, in that time, the state of Kentucky, a couple of years after Wisconsin did it, they had a full-fledged uh, elk reintroduction effort. Uh, they brought animals in from six western states, about 1,500 of them. And uh, over time, that population, actually our populations have grown at a fairly similar rate, uh, but Kentucky has about 10,000 elk right now. Um, and again, they started with 1,500. Um, and they've had a season for several years now. So a few years back, we got the opportunity to work with Kentucky. Um, we had to get some rules changed to allow us to bring elk into the state from across uh, state borders. Um, but long story short, 
in 2015. Uh, we did our first release in the Black River Falls area, so there's been a desire to, to start a population there for a number of years. Um, and through this agreement with the state of Kentucky, they are uh, giving us 150 elk over a period of five years. And so in uh, 2015 and 16, uh, we put uh, 72 or 73 elk in the Black River Falls area. And then uh, starting a couple of years ago, the rest of those elk are to go to the Clam Lake area. We did our first release there uh, in 2017. We were not in Kentucky in 2018, but we will be back this year in 2019 and finish things off. So our overall population goals are to have about 390 to 400 elk in the Black River Falls area um, and uh, 1,400 up in the Clam Lake area. So um, this is the jumpstart from Kentucky that we have been looking for. Um, as I said, these Kentucky elk are off limits during this first inaugural hunt. Um, but in future years, those animals are going to be, they already are, adding significantly to our existing population. And this is that jumpstart that we've been looking for to uh, kind of launch us in the direction of getting to that 1,400. Mm -hmm. So before we get into more of the, the hunt details themselves and we'll start to get more perspective from Wayne and Dan, one thing I wanted to ask you, Kevin, is um, so what was what flipped the switch as far as being able to have a season? We've had elk for a while, um, kind of varying numbers, and that numbers continued to grow. So what was kind of that moment where uh, you guys decided, all right, it's time for a hunt? Well, there's a couple of things involved, but one of them was actually a specific number that is set in uh, state rule that we could not initiate a hunt until we had at least 200 animals in that Clam Lake population. So um, with our projections this year, you know, we've had three very mild winters in a row, so we've had great calf production. Um, we are seeing great calf production again this year, and we are now finally sitting in a, in a very comfortable spot where we are projecting that that elk population is at about 220 to 230 animals after calving this spring. So we were very, very close a few years ago and we got a really bad winter in 2012-13 uh, and again in 2013-14 uh, that knocked that population back. Um, 2017, we were very, very close, but we could not be certain that we were over that magical 200 number. Um, but this year we feel very comfortable that we were there and uh, we've got uh, an estimated about 70 adult bulls in the Clam Lake area and that's what uh, Wayne and Dan are gonna be chasing this fall. So before we get into the actual hunt details, Wayne and Dan, do you guys have any questions about maybe the reintroduction process at all or, or things that you may have been wondering if you were following it for Kevin or? No, I've researched a lot of things and um, I've, um, I've, I've learned so much about the elk and the reintroduction um, to the state and, uh, um, and uh, it's, it's going to be a success. It is a success. It's proven. Great. So one other thing I wanted to touch on, Kevin, you mentioned that there are 70 bulls in the area. So when we say the herd can sustain a hunt um, and we're setting the, the quota at, at 10 bulls, so for someone who asks if the herd's not that big, why would we have, why would we have a harvest already? Uh, why is it just bulls? So what would be the answer to that, kind of the long and short of it? Well... You know, we've got uh, basically an excess number of bulls that we need out there. Elk are a 
we refer to it as a harem. Um, you know, they're a very social animal, but in the fall, when they do their breeding, um, you will typically have one bull that gathers a harem of cows that could be, you know, it might be two, it might be 20. In the West, you know, you might see something significantly larger than that, but it's actually a fairly low percentage of the overall bulls that actually do the breeding. Um, as Dan mentioned earlier, you know, there can be uh, advantages to reducing that number of bulls out there as far as the, you know, the, uh, the effectiveness of the rut and that kind of thing. Now, all of these cows are going to get bred, um, but what is really important uh, during the rut is that you have as many of those cows getting bred as quickly as you possibly can so that that calf drop isn't dragged out over, you know, could be several months. Um, we have seen situations in Wisconsin uh, in the early years where we had uh, calves born as late as August, and that is certainly not ideal just because when that calf is born that late, its likelihood of survival through the winter is going to be reduced. So, you know, uh, removing some of those animals is obviously from a conservation standpoint, it's allowing uh, us to uh, raise significant amount of money that's going to go right back into that program. Um, but, you know, and obviously, you know, an elk hunt was always on the radar screen from the very beginning as another recreational opportunity to enjoy having these animals out there. Um, but, you know, overall, what that will do is it will, by removing some of those bulls, you can actually shorten that period of the peak breeding season. You're going to drop your calves earlier in the year. They're going to have high, high uh, rate of, of survival. So it's good for population growth. And what's good for population growth is going to be good for recreational hunting in the future. So it's kind of one big circle. Yeah, I was going to say it's good for the two guys sitting across the table from us as well. Uh, so there's two sides to it, definitely. Uh, so I think that gives a good background of kind of where the herds come from, um, all the efforts. Obviously, we don't want to get through the podcast without thanking a number of partners. You can find the partners on our, on our website on the Elk page. So obviously, thank you. Uh, also private citizens, contributions, volunteer time, all that type of stuff. So a reminder for people who are tu tuning in, we're, we're giving an overview of kind of the first managed elk hunt in Wisconsin, what it's going to look like. We've got two successful draw applicants here. We've got Dan from the Green Bay area and Wayne from the Kenosha area. So what I wanted to do next was just give kind of an overview of what will the season look like. Obviously, Wisconsin's a little different than the western states um, in a number of ways. But um, So, Kevin, what's this first hunt going to look like for, for Wayne and Dan when they get out there? Well, um, it starts mid-October. Um, so, uh, unfortunately for Wayne and Dan, they will not be out there during the peak of the rut. But there's, you know, reasons for that. And it goes back to that rutting success that I, I just mentioned. But um, by middle of October, these guys are going to be able to hit the woods and uh, go for about 30 days into mid-November. And then if they are unsuccessful during that period of time, they can go back out in December for about another 10 or 12 days and, uh, and go chase them again. So, you know, in Dan's case, I know he's already got a, a Colorado hunt planned for this fall. Um, and Dan, you can, you can talk about that a little bit, but I think that that season structure works out very, very well because, you know, um, as an inaugural hunt, you're going to want as much time as possible to participate in it. And, you know, uh, but again, it, it gives lots of flexibility for folks to, to pick their time and their dates. And, um, you know, with it being such a special opportunity, 
you know, something happens if you only have a week-long season and something happens, you're out of luck. So I kind of like the way that we've got the season set up to give ample opportunity. And Dan has an opportunity to be the first ever to do the Wisconsin-Colorado double, um, right. is, is what I'm calling it. We're going to call it the, the Dan double, I think, is what we're going for there. But So great opportunity. Um, so why don't we just get into it now. So Wayne, maybe we'll start with you. How did you find out that you drew? Actually, walk us through clicking the button um, to put in your application, and then um, when you found out, kind of what's going through your mind? Um, well, I put in the application um, not over the internet. I actually went into a store um, that sold licenses and um, got, the, got the paperwork for the, uh, the draw. And um, I'm like, wow, you know, it's for the first elk hunt in Wisconsin. I got this piece of paper. I'm going to keep it. Grandkids down the road say, I applied for it. I didn't get it. Well, <laughs> the last thing on my mind was that I was going to get it. Um, I got home from work. I believe it was on a Monday. Uh, it was a hot. I mowed the grass, got in the, got in the house, and um, there was a voicemail, or I seen an area code number, and uh, there was a voicemail from Kevin. And I'm like, why would Kevin be calling me? And um, like I started thinking, like I didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> I don't think I did. Yeah, I was a little elusive about it. I yeah, just, this, is, this is Kevin from the DNR, and yeah. I need you to call me. So. so we were at lunch with both these guys before Wayne. I let you keep going here, and uh, both of them had some pretty hilarious and interesting responses to. Uh, I don't think either of you picked up the phone on the first call, did you? No. That's so no, I, he took, Dan took until the next day. I talked to his wife two or three times, and I said, I really need to talk to this yeah, guy. He didn't so, tell my wife what he wanted. No, right? yeah, <laughs> right. And, and me, there was a voicemail, and I was going to, you know, it was like, I believe, 6, 630. I, I got the voicemail, and I, I, um, my wife's like, well, call him now. And I'm like, I'll, I'll wait till the morning, um, and I'll call him. I'm like, all right, I'll get a voicemail. And I got, I got a hold of uh, Kevin and uh, told him who I was, and um um, Kevin asked me how my day was going. I says, well, it's, it's going good, Kevin. And uh, he said, well, I'm about to make it great. And he told me that I was one of the lucky um, winners of the draw for the elk hunt. And I was like, I could have almost dropped to my knees. <laughs> I was just besides myself. I, I was like, I actually might have used a word or two. I can't say right now, but I'm like, are you, I was just, I'm saying this, recreating it, re, uh, picturing it. Um, I, I just still, it's unbelievable um, to have this opportunity, and um, I just want to thank everybody involved. Um, I've, I've had the opportunity to hunt in Wisconsin, shoot plenty of whitetails over the years, but um, to actually go on a, the, the elk hunt is just um, a dream come true for me. That's, that's awesome. I, I think that's really going to resonate with people, too. Um, Dan, how about you? Like Kevin said, we... He was on my answering machine at night when I walked in, and I thought, well, there's nobody going to be working, you know, I'm not calling him tonight. And besides, I'm thinking, what did I do wrong when someone from the D Madison DNR is calling me? And I'm running stuff all the way through my mind till I fell asleep. And the next morning, I had an early morning meeting with the forester, and I'm out in the woods with him, and my wife is texting me saying, Kevin called again. He really needs to talk to you. I'm sitting, <laughs> like, I'm sitting like, no, no, I can't. I, I got to be by myself when I'm, because I got to figure out what, what I did wrong here. <laughs> this guy's got, what, what's going on, you know? So <clears throat> when I got done, I had time to call him, you know, a little later in the morning. You know, I, he answered his phone. I said, uh, and he, he said, is this Dan? 
I said, yes, it is. I said, from Brussels, yep. From, and uh, he said, hey, he says, uh, you applied for an elk tag. Yeah, I did, and a lot of other people. Why are you calling me? Yeah. And he's, he's sitting there like, well, you got one of the four. And uh, hang on, i got to find a chair now. <laughs> uh, the knees and legs were getting a little weak. I couldn't believe it because you know what it meant to have the first elk hunt in Wisconsin and be able to chance to go hunting here. And um, after initial shock wore off, I'm sitting there like, I got five other people I go to Colorado with. That you, I said, how, how do I break this to them that, you know, this season was kind of the same time and everything else and what am I going to do? So, but it's very exciting. It, actually, it was even a little better than what Dan described because I said, I think what I said is you're one of 38,000 people that I'm calling today. And he said, you're calling all 38,000 people that, uh, that apply? I said, no, 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 you don't understand. You are one of 38,000 That's, that's just the type apply. of guy Kevin is. I you remember, are one of four. I remember checking in with him. He was on day nine of calling people. But, <laughs> but no, I, I, I just think it's really funny that um, where we're sitting now and, and what your thoughts were when you saw it on the, on the voicemail or the answering machine, it's just, it's kind of like when you're driving 54 and a 55 and you drive past a cop car, you know you didn't do anything wrong, but there's still something in the back of your Shout mind that's out. like, oh, geez, do I have a taillight out or something? I, I just think that's incredibly funny, especially to where we are right now. But well, and their stories are good and their stories are really common. We had so many people out there that maybe thought about applying and didn't bother because the odds were so poor well the odds were the same for everybody and as we were you know saying through that whole time well yeah the opportunity to draw the tag might be slim but four guys are going to draw that tag or four girls you know whatever it might be um and we did by the way we had a really good mix we had about 10 percent of the applicants were females um the they were from every stretch of, I think the oldest person we had apply was about, I think he was 93 or 94 <laughs> years old. Might even been older um, than that. We did have some of those uh, one and two year olds that dad or grandpa put in for them, just I suppose so they could say, yeah. you know, uh, you applied for the for the first LTAG in the state of Wisconsin. And we are in the process right now actually of developing a nice little kind of a commemorative certificate and anybody that applied that we have an email for uh, we are going to send that out to them if they want to print it off. You know, they'll have a little memento of the whole situation for, mm -hmm. for prosperity's sake, for the family or whatever. So so we kind of scratched the surface of this a little bit, but Wayne, I'll, I'll put it back to you. Did you have high hopes when you applied? Did you have other people ever saying, oh, I'm not going to apply, that's stupid? No, uh, I have a good friend that actually applied, and um, so I'm like, well, I got to, that's right, I got I to gotta apply. Um, and... Uh, my you no, know, my hopes weren't weren't high. I was like, um, um, it's a chance, it's a draw, it's like a lottery ticket. Um, there's people uh, you're just wasting your money. But uh, it, even if I didn't get it, ten dollars or whatever, it goes to you know goes back to the Elk Foundation. It's for well, a good cause. Actually, we should clarify that it it stays oh, in Wisconsin. Okay. So okay. there's two separate things going on. I hate to cut you off no. here, but I want to make sure that people understand where the money is going. Um, so when you applied through the state of Wisconsin, that money goes right back into elk management through the Department of Natural Resources. Right. But we can use that money to leverage for other grants and things like that. And the Elk Foundation, of course, have been a major partner in the whole elk reintroduction. 
and um, they still have one permit available. So we have an agreement with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation to raffle off the fifth tag. And uh, tickets are available for that right now, and you can find information about that on both the Elk Foundation and the Department of Natural Resources websites. Um, you can buy a $10 raffle ticket, or you can buy $110 raffle tickets, whatever makes you happy, and then they're gonna draw that fifth winner um, on August 11th at a statewide banquet up in Wausau. So just wanted to clarify where yep. that money is actually directed. Yep. So it stays in the state. Mm -hmm. You bet. Yeah. Right. Right. Wayne, did you want to add to that at all? or? Uh, no, pretty much. Yeah. Dan, how about you? Were you sure you were going to win? or? <laughs> daughter, My daughter gets a lot of the DNR update. And she was home, and she said, yeah, you can apply, you know, and... I said, well, here, you're, you got the computer, just go and apply for me too, you know? And she said, yeah, nothing else is $10 donation, you know, to put back into the elk. And I said, yeah, go ahead, just apply. And you your know, daughter we, applied too? Yeah, she applied yeah. too, yep. So she may be the lucky piece of all of this. If she, <laughs> if she puts your application in, that, I think a thank you might be in order there as well. Well, when I called her and left her know that I had got the, 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 the tag to call that I got one of the four, uh, she basically said, just shut the front door. There's no way. <laughs> said, Dad, uh, Dad, that's not fair. I applied for you. <laughs> and she actually wants to come up and scout with me, too. So she wants to be part of it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, Dan, I think you had mentioned you've hunted elk before. Wayne, have you pursued elk before, looked into it? Uh, is this kind of maybe going to be your gateway into the sport? or Brand new territory for me. Um, yeah, the one guy I'm actually going to take in the woods with me, he used to live out west, and he's hunted elk. Um, so um, he's going to go out there with me. He's, he's a good friend of, friend of the fam, friend of mine, I should say. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a different animal to hunt, and I'm, uh, just been, I've been digging in, researching everything. I, I knew a little, yeah, I knew some things about the elk. Uh, watched plenty of hunting shows, and uh, but just being out in the woods and. Um, um, hearing them bugle, um, going there in September and do a lot of scouting, um, and um, just just being out there um, in the woods with, an, you know, a majestic animal like that is going to be just just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And Dan, you mentioned you've hunted elk before, I think Colorado. Can you maybe describe, um, did that kind of, is that one of the reasons that your, your interest was peaked in the, the Wisconsin draw, or, so how'd you get into, into elk hunting? Uh, we were at a, a hardball tournament for my son, and one of the other dads said, hey, you know, my dad's going out to Colorado elk hunting, and they're looking for one more person. And I said, really? And he said, the guys, the core group of guys have been going out for 25 years. And I'm sitting there, and I said, ask your dad if they'll take me along. I'm, I want to go. And my wife is sitting there like, how are you going to work back? And I said, no, no, no. If you've got a chance to go with guys that have been out there for 25 years, they know what they do. They do. They have the the area set Honey, up. Honey, I have to go. Yeah, I don't have a choice. So she told me it was a once in a lifetime deal. Uh, I've been there. Going to be my fifth year, and she reminds me about once in a lifetime deal out of it. Um, I think we're married to the same woman. <laughs> um, I do have to say that one of the guys, the original guys that go out there, uh, is having some health problems and. He will definitely not make it out there with us this year. I stopped and seen him on uh, Sunday, and uh, his wife has told me that uh, when I walked in that he doesn't really understand a lot of things anymore. And I, I sat down by him and I talked to him, and 
I told, asked him if he knew that Wisconsin was having an elk hunt, and he had heard that. And I said, there are four guys that were going to get tickets, and that I got one of them. And as clear as day, he looked, he looked up and, congratulations. And his wife looked at me. I don't get no response, and you get a response. <laughs> but now think about this guy elk hunting for 25, 30 years. That was a big part of his life. It was two, what, two weeks out of the year going to Colorado. And uh, before I left his, his room, he shouted out, congratulations again. Because he knew what it meant, so that's great. Story. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are the, those are the stories too that you take with you out into the woods. So that's right. that is just incredible. Um, so before we get into it, maybe I'd like to ask you guys what your plans are for the hunt. Kevin, is there, is there anything that makes Wisconsin's elk hunting unique? Obviously, we don't have mountains, we don't have grizzly bears, but um, is there is there something that makes it either more difficult or just different to the point that? Western hunting experience may not be as beneficial? Well, it's going to be fun to talk to these guys during and after the hunt to see what their experience is. And, you know, Dan has is, is got some elk hunting experience, and I do as well. You know, the thing that makes Wisconsin probably different than hunting in the West is maybe something you wouldn't think of right off the bat, but it's really water. Um, you know, when you hunt elk in the West, and, and Dan, you've probably seen it, elk think nothing of going, you know, five or more miles a night just to find enough water to get a drink of water for the day. Um, I hunted in an area in Colorado where they would walk six miles out onto the prairie, and every morning they'd turn around, they'd walk back to the mountain, and that's where we would hunt them, was trying to head them off between the prairie and the mountain. Um, the, the difference here in Wisconsin is that we have water everywhere. We have resources available, you know, clear cuts, plenty of food out there available to our elk everywhere. And it's actually kind of been a problem for us in our elk management or elk restoration efforts um, because our animals don't spread out like you would anticipate that they would. Our animals, for the most part, don't go more than a mile or two. Um, and usually when they do that, it's because they're pushed. So. Um, you know, when they, when they go up in September, and we're, we're going to be doing everything that we can to help these guys have a successful hunt short of actually taking them out in the woods or showing them where the elk are. They're still going to need to scout and, and figure things out for themselves. Um, but if they go up there in September and they scout and they, you know, those animals will be very uh, vocal in September. So they'll be able to locate uh, cow groups with bulls tending them. And come middle of October, you know, the rut is going to be winding down a bit. But, um, you know, you still can get the bulls to respond to bugling. Uh, so as a locator opportunity, just like turkey hunting or whatever, you know, you might be able to get a bull to bugle back and, and tell you his whereabouts. Um, but for the most part, you know, once they find elk, you would anticipate that they could stay with, you know, hunt that same general area for a few days and probably have an extremely good opportunity. Mm -hmm. So... So with that being said, uh, Wayne, we'll start back with you again. So I know it's early, but I know for a fact that you have been putting a lot of thought into this hunt already. Uh, so what are the general plans for the hunt? Do you have any, any things you want to highlight or, or what you, anything you're going to try to do when you get up there? Or um, I'm going to do a lot of scouting, look at the area. Kevin's been fantastic so far and what the information he's given me. Um, there's going to be more information coming out. Um, do a lot of scouting. Um, I know a little bit about the clam area, but not. I haven't been up there in quite a few years, um, and um, just put my, doing my homework. 
mm -hmm. put it in and uh, you know make make uh, hopefully make it a successful hunt this mm -hmm. fall and you said you had at least one person that wants to go with uh, you. one or two I got one for sure two second one are you gonna yeah. have a, a raffle for who gets to go with you or <laughs> I just might yeah, <laughs> yeah no it's uh, these are good guys are good friends so um, but yeah it's uh, yeah, I was told a lot by a lot of people I should have played the lottery, and after Kevin, I got the call from him and everything that I was picked uh, for one of the tags. So, but uh, it, it's exciting. It, it is. It's just been a whirlwind for me. I there's not one day I haven't thought about it. Honest to God, I actually had to go to work to try to get my mind off of it, and then all of a sudden I, I <laughs> oh, stop her. That's pretty. That's brutal. Then. I mean, Ooh. and then all of a sudden I, I stop and I'm like, Wow, is this for real? <laughs> I got, and uh, yeah, there, I, there, I've been having you know some sleepless nights, but uh, all good, all good. The good well, kind. The yeah. good well, kind. One of the neat things about this hunt too, I think, for people is that I mean, it is a once in a lifetime opportunity in Wisconsin, so uh, you got to make the most of it this year because yes. you're you're getting your one and only tag. But the fun thing about it is that because of the the odds of drawing a tag. I would be willing to bet that between now and the time as your friends find out that you drew that tag, you're going to have people offering, you know, asking right. if they can come with, because they may never draw that tag, and this mm -hmm. could be their one opportunity yeah. to actually participate right, in the Wisconsin right. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a son-in-law. Um, he's, yeah, he, he's possibly going to come with, and, uh, and uh, during one of the hunts, if I don't, you know, the, be successful the first time I go out there, and it, it's a hunt. It, it's a chance. I mean, it, there's no guarantees. Um, I mean, I, I've been really successful deer hunting, but I've done a lot of homework um, over my over the years that have made me successful. Um, I'm, a, I'm an ethical hunter. I believe in making a very clean uh, shot. Never took chances. I will not ever take a chance. Um, and uh, but uh, it, it will be a hunt. Of, it's a hunt of a lifetime for mm -hmm. me. So truly, Dan, how about you? What's your game plan? Well, we, it changes hourly, daily, you know, uh, what we're doing, how we're, gonna, how we're really going to go after this. Um, this is the first day we met Wayne and, and uh, one of the other guys that got a ticket. And um, uh, what, we're, what our plan is right now, I will offer um, a couple guys a chance. Hey, you want to come up there and scout with me? Maybe come uh, when I'm hunting. Uh, I may go after this. Uh, I'm probably going to be a little more picky. I'm, I'm going to. I'm definitely want to. I want to see elk. I want you know. Uh, I want to see. You know, some pretty nice horns and even the cows going by. You know, I want to experience it. Uh, I guess it's going to be a lot different than Colorado hunt where you go with five six guys and camp with them for for two weeks and you got the camaraderie. Here, since we're only out there, it's only a five day or seven day season. Here, you're looking at. A month plus ten days later, mm -hmm. you know, there's not a lot of guys who are going to be able to take off and and go for a couple of days and then come home and then go for a couple more days. So um, I'm probably going to make friends with these other guys that are hunting and trade some phone numbers and find out when they're hunting and when I'm hunting and if we're all up there at the same time. If they get a elk, you know, definitely, you know, yeah, I know Dan's up here hunting. Give me a call. We'll go help take it out of there. There's plenty of time to get one. So um, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's open yet. I'm not sure how I'm going to handle it, mm -hmm. I guess. Who would think, though, I mean, that's really neat. Yes. Who would think that something that is so hard to get, so competitive, you know, there's a limited number of animals out there. 
uh, there's, you know, I mean, it's a big area, but the elk aren't occupying that entire area. It's, it's going to be a little bit competitive and yet could turn four or five guys into hunting buddies, at least temporarily. I mean, that's the cool thing about this, the, the family, the brotherhood of the hunt. And I don't, and I use the term brotherhood, obviously loosely, there's plenty of women out there and, and uh, we're getting them, you know, they're involved in my camps and everything else. But who would think that something that would start out so competitively to good could turn into something right. as neat as that? That is neat. Yeah. Uh, even, even the group I go to Colorado with, it's two weeks out of the year. But every Friday night, the group goes up for fish someplace else in Door County. And if, you know, if you miss one week, big deal. But I don't think there's too many guys that miss two weeks in a row. And, and it's the five other guys, none of us. Had ever hung around together. Um, some of them I never even had met before. Uh, one guy, one out of the out of the other five guys I had dealt with through fire department dealings and that, but really didn't know them. And now we're best of friends. Yeah. 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 So that's one thing I wanted to touch on too, um, Dan. You mentioned you're going to be picky, and I think absolutely it's it's the hunter's prerogative. You guys are in such a unique um, situation here, and you mentioned. Um, information sharing and maybe the the opportunity for an interactive hunt you guys working together covering ground um, does the size of the elk the bull elk that you harvest matter to you guys and, and kind of what role does that play oh absolutely um, um, if we have maybe only a week to hunt things might be a little bit different but my view I have already in my mind um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt um, hunt hard and um, and hunt for hopefully the biggest elk out there mm -hmm. that you know I have offered this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity um, I believe uh, the regulations don't have they haven't been out yet but um, what the size of the horn has to be it's got to be a six inch split. six inch for yeah, yeah. okay um, but um, yeah I'm gonna be hunting for the, the biggest elk that I mm -hmm. you know possibly have a chance of harvesting mm -hmm. uh, if I have to let some something go by me um definitely i will uh i got i got uh time to hunt mm -hmm. and that so um i'm gonna uh, i'm truly gonna make this the, the hunt of my lifetime mm -hmm. and it's interesting too like kevin had mentioned the the biological kind of potential benefits of har harvesting some of those older and bigger bulls so i think that comes into play too so that's really interesting dan how about you oh i, I think you know knowing and hearing what's out there and i guess all comes down to my scouting, what I'm seeing there, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna look for something that's that's pretty nice and like anything, anytime you're hunting, it don't matter if you're you're sitting there and, and a cow walks through a, or a small bull, you still get excited, is your your heart rate goes up, you get to see it, and you 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 you're thankful that you do get to see it. Um, there's guys that do get buck fever every time that you know something big walks by. I'm sure it, uh, there's something that, that's pretty nice comes walking by, and I'm sure like, yeah, but I know there's, I've seen bigger ones out here. You know, I, I want to wait. Your heart rate's still going to go, and you're going to question yourself until you do get something. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's my or game plan Or pick yourself right when it's yes. over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what, and, and if it comes to that, that you've left some go, and at the end of the season you don't get your chance and you don't fill your tag, yeah, you will kick yourself, but in the end of it, you know you know darn well that it was a good hunt if you've seen animals and you were able to pass yeah. them up. And in this case, you're participating in 
in the, you know, an inaugural hunt. How many times in a million lifetimes does somebody get to participate in the first of anything? Yeah. And this is this is a good one. So. Yeah. And we look forward too to keeping in touch with you guys to see, kind of check in and see what you're seeing when you're scouting. Because I, I have a feeling that expectations may change if you're seeing bigger and bigger bulls as you're scouting too. So I look forward, even the week before, to checking in with you guys and just seeing where you're at, expectation-wise, excitement levels. So. Um, I think that's it's going to be great to keep in touch with you guys. Um, so we kind of covered the history of elk, uh, where we're at now, how we got to the hunt, what the hunt will look like. Uh, we heard from Wayne and Dan um, some perspective from their end. Um, as you can tell, they're both incredibly excited, uh, both eager to learn. Uh, we're going to do a training a training session uh, later in the summer for the guys who drew. Uh, so Kevin, what's next overall for the elk program? Well, uh, in the short term, you know, as you said, we're, we're spending a lot of time getting ready for this hunt, and uh, we've got to put together, and it's, you know, it's really an orientation, but an elk hunter education program. But um, in the bigger picture of things, we are looking forward uh, to this winter. We're going to be back down in Kentucky, and we anticipate, uh, because we are changing our capture methods significantly, uh, we're going to be using helicopters in uh, Kentucky to capture elk this year. They used them last year for the first time uh, it, among, you know, to move elk within the state of Kentucky. And uh, I, I can say this a little bit tongue-in-cheek because of the effort that we put in, but they caught more elk in a week in Kentucky using helicopters than we caught in three years, about 18 weeks of trapping over three years. Um, and lots of reasons behind that, why we went about things the way that we did, but um, so we're going to go that route this year, and we anticipate that we're going to be bringing another uh, 50 elk into the Clam Lake elk range this year. And you know, long term beyond that, we're going to uh, we've got several research projects going on. We we conduct winter trapping um, at this moment right now. Um, you know, they're dropping calves out there, and some of our elk staff are still out in the woods. Um, putting radio collars on calves as we continue to learn uh, about survival rates and habitat use and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, the elk program is, it is a, it may be small. This hunt may seem small to people, but the conservation value of it and the success story of this is really a great story. Um, it's, it's nothing to scoff at. It's going to get bigger and bigger. You know, our, our pattern that we've seen with this elk population growing is extremely similar to just about any animal you put on the landscape as a reintroduction effort. So they start out slow and Kentucky, you know, bringing more elk in is what we hope will give them that jump start. But I, we're already seeing accelerated growth. Um, we've got about 50 to 55 breeding age cows out there right now. In another year or two, that number is gonna actually be over 100, not even including animals that we're bringing in uh, from Kentucky this year. So our hope is that uh, because they can be so selective with what they capture using the helicopters, our hope is that we're going to have 50 pregnant and breeding age cows, prime breeding age cows to add to that population. On an annual basis from here on out, we could easily be seeing 75 to 100 calves born every single year. Mm -hmm. So that population is going to grow and that's going to give us an opportunity to give more folks like Dan and Wayne an opportunity to, to be out there and pursue them and enjoy them however they want. Mm -hmm. So one thing I always like to do, too, before we wrap up these podcasts is I like to ask the guests, what's one thing you could tell someone about the topic 
So whether you see someone passing on the street who may not know there's elk in Wisconsin, um, isn't aware of the elk hunt. So Wayne, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but what's one thing that you would tell someone about elk in Wisconsin being in your current very lucky but very appreciative situation? Well, it's amazing um, the, the, how many people did not even know there was elk in Wisconsin. Um, it's definitely a success story. Um, I just am blessed that I received a tag this year to have this opportunity to hunt an elk. Um, just put in, keep funding the, the program. It works um, from what Kevin's told me. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge. I've learned so much from him and probably the last two weeks that I've known or that I've learned for a long time. <laughs> and uh, uh, there's a lot of good pictures out there of the elk and it's definitely shows that the, uh, the, the herd is, is uh, strong and it's gonna just uh, keep on becoming stronger. So um, I look forward to hunting with uh, Dan. Um, we're gonna, like he said, I've only known him a few hours now, and but it's like we're best friends already, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna exchange numbers and we're gonna help each other out, and and um, it, it's gonna be a, just an awesome hunt. And I, I just, I, it's it's gonna come here fast, but it will be here, and I, I I'm looking forward to hitting the woods this fall. Well said, Dan. How about you? Well, I guess uh, hat off to the DNR. Kevin for heading this up and uh, starting to get the elk back into Wisconsin and everybody else that has contributed. You said there's a website with all, all, all the ones that contributed. Thank, Got to thank all of them. What a success story. Um, knowing that there was uh, once elk here and um, we lost them and we slowly bring them back. Uh, it was maybe high time. I think that's a beautiful area up there to put them. There's plenty of, plenty of room for them to roam up there. Um, a lot of people knew, never knew that there was, was, was elk, there were elk in Wisconsin ever. Um, a lot of people have, you, you're getting elk, where are you going elk hunting? Well, they got a, they got a game farm someplace you got a ticket to? No, this ain't a game farm. There's no, there's no fence around this. This isn't a, you know, and this, what? Big, big woods. Big woods. Big woods. National, was it national? National forest. forest yeah. National yeah. forest, I mean, so, um. It, it definitely going to be a challenge. Um, I'm sure it's a little bigger challenge than what most people realize for for Wayne and I to be out there and, and the other hunters. Um, I mean, they're, they're most likely, as if we don't touch base with phones, we'll never see another elk hunter while we're out there hunting. Right. Even if we do our own scouting. I mm -hmm. mean, this is a chance that we get up there to, hey, you're going to be up there, I'm going to be up there, we're going scouting. Well, why don't you scout that area and I'll scout this. And, We'll talk, and we see some. You can come over by me, and we'll we'll take a look at them. Uh, there's plenty of elk out there for for all of us, and I just soon have it that we we work together. Mm -hmm. Kevin, how about you? Well, you guys mentioned the partners, and you know I always when I talk about the elk reintroduction effort, um, I I call it a poster child for the perfect partnerships. You set a goal and nobody in this thing wanted to be the hero you just had a lot of folks that wanted to make it happen and you know some of those are our hunter conservation groups rocky mountain elk foundation safari club international um you know the wisconsin wildlife federation is behind us 
uh, Wisconsin bow hunters sit on our uh, our elk advisory committee, uh, as do those others. But you know we've got tribal partners, national forest partners, county forest partners, all kinds of folks, and you know we are really pulling in uh, through the financial end of things a brand new partner here, and that's thirty eight thousand some hunters in Wisconsin that are going to continue to help fund elk management and elk research and this hunt. Uh, opportunity is going to continue to grow through the years and that's always been our ultimate goal is to have elk out there a sustainable population we wanted to start a hunting season um, you know when we were pretty sure that we could continue to do it annually and not just throw it out there once and then have to pull back for several years we anticipate that this is going to be an annual part of the of the um, the recipe book for folks to participate in a Wisconsin hunt and I'm just anxious as heck to see how it all turns out. Uh, you know, I said earlier today, I don't know if this is going to be a non-event or an absolute circus, but uh, we're all learning a little bit every day. And again, I just, I thank these guys and everybody that applied out there. Um, you know, they're throwing accolades my way, but this started a long time ago with some really big hearted and uh, grassroots efforts to make this all happen. Um, some very key folks in the state, and there's been hundreds of people uh, and some good organizations backing this. So it's a great partnership, and this is uh, another kind of a culmination of all that effort. Um, but I just can't wait to see what the next steps are and, mm -hmm. and want to wish both of these guys a great hunt this fall. We're going to do everything that we can to mm -hmm. help that be a success for mm -hmm. I think mine would be something that I've heard working in communications and with the social media pages is, a lot of people weren't aware there were elk in Wisconsin until they found out that either the draw was open or the draw had closed. So obviously we tried to do a lot to get the word out and all that, but um, at the end of the day, whatever, whatever we can do or if this hunt is bringing it to light for more people, however we can help people get familiar with just the scope and how wild this whole thing actually is when you think about we're going to use helicopters next year to bring elk to get elk in Kentucky and then bring them to Wisconsin, not with the helicopter the whole way, obviously, but just kind of the, the scope of this whole thing, how many people it took being on the same page at the table. Um, now you bring the hunters in, 38,000 that can now call themselves partners in the project, absolutely. Um, and I think it's, I don't know anyone who's ever bought just one scratch ticket. I don't know if you guys do, but for anyone who didn't draw this year, I would, I would just encourage you to stay excited about the project. Um, in talking to these guys, they may, they didn't think they were going to draw either. So I, th I think it's just important to stay excited about it. Um, keep applying. You never know. You have just as good a shot as anyone else. Um, and you could be in this seat next year, and we could be talking to you. And there's still one more chance this year. Yep. So yep. it's not over yet. Yep. So go to the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation website uh, for Wisconsin, and you can find that raffle info. So. It is not too late. That's a good point, Kevin. Um, so does anyone have any closing thoughts before we start to wrap up here? Well, maybe one thing that probably didn't get brought up was just the tourism for Clam Lake. This has got to be kind of a little boost for them, too. Having the elk there and having you know a chance to go up there and the people that know they're up there, and, and there are people that go up there and, and ride around to hope to see them. Yeah, well, but now all of a sudden that... Hopefully this gets in the media as we're successful hunting and people actually see what's, you know, a little bit more. Uh, I think it's, it's a good boost to the tourism for that area too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's really going to hit home when, when people see those photos of you, hopefully, with, with those harvested animals. I think that's going to be a really a watershed moment for people. Yes. Kevin, do you have any closing thoughts? I think I pretty much wrapped her up in yep. the last one. You but summed uh, it up. Again, I thank everybody and uh, uh, this a lot of people, a lot of people behind this, and uh, still that one more opportunity this fall. It's it's just every single day as we move through this thing. It's been fun to uh, see the reaction of people and talk to new people about it that never knew anything about elk reintroduction in Wisconsin. It's it's one of the greatest conservation stories I think in our state history. So. Yep, and as we've mentioned, and I'm just the lucky guy that happens to be in the seat to help make it happen. Yeah, uh, help make some of it happen at the moment. The so. room is just full of lucky people today. It what, is. What can we say? So we've mentioned it a few times, but um, remember, check out that Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation raffle. That's mm -hmm. still open. You've still got a shot. Um, if you want more info on the elk hunt, elk in Wisconsin, we've got photos. Go to dnr.wi.gov keyword elk. Um, you can find this podcast, a um, bunch of other podcasts, other videos at our website and type in keyword Wild Wisconsin on our YouTube channel, which is titled WIDNR TV, our iTunes channel, which is Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. Um, always remember to check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we'll share these podcasts there. We share a lot of other cool photos and updates. Um, other than that, just thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy these podcasts. We look to do a lot more of them. Hopefully we're sitting here with, with Dan and Wayne about, around December this year, and they've got two really awesome hunting stories to tell and some photos. But uh, other than that, thanks for joining us for the Wild Wisconsin Off the Record podcast, and we will see you next time.